Good morning and welcome to MRAC Church Online. We are going to continue in our series. We're going to actually wrap up our series on emotions. And uh, what it is now today, it will be joy part two, if you will. We've already talked about, Pastor Rob talked about joy and uh, some of the joy killers and how it's a choice that you make. It's a command that God has given to us to rejoice, to have that joy in our lives. But today I want to talk about a joy that's even deeper. And it's a supernatural joy, a joy that only comes from a deep rootedness in our relationship with Jesus Christ. As Pastor Rob talked about as well, of that, that joy that comes from Jesus, that fruit of the Spirit. But let me give you a picture of the joy that seems to slip through our hands. And I want to talk about how we can hold on and sustain the joy of living with Jesus, even in hardship. And I'm going to use two examples, one from the Bible, but one from a friend of mine, uh, Ken Sear, uh, who has been gone through uh, many surgeries in the last uh, month, uh, has had challenges, and I'm not a medical person, so I am going to not talk about what it is, because I can't even describe those sort of things. But for two and a half years, he could only nibble because of issues with his stomach. And uh, so they went to Toronto, had surgeries. uh, And just to hear how he talks, and this is just what God has done in Ken's life. I've known him from elementary school. And then when I Jesus took a hold of me. We connected again, and we both went into Bible school for ministry. Uh, And here he is, and he's writing these things. And listen to him and see if you hear his pain or do you hear his joy. My friend Ken, he says this, For we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalms 139. Truly it is amazing to me how this body can function for 60, 70, or 100 years without much, if any, medical intervention. It just ticks along happily. And only when it begins to break down does one realize that what a blessing this time on earth really is. You notice he didn't bring it to the, oh, what a horrible, what a blessing it is. He's going through hardship, and he says, what a blessing. He says, I had my third operation since being here in Toronto, and much of my body aches, but I'm in good spirits. I don't know the outcome, but I will to keep, but I will to keep on working towards recovering and enjoying life, especially for my wife, Cindy, and my kids. Love all of you who have sent good wishes, prayers, and concerns. And another time, after those three surgeries, he says, first successful long drink of water in two and a half years. Woohoo! Again, a positive. And now, just this morning, I read, I am told two more tubes are being added. Yay, a portion of one lung is sticking. Yeah, a portion of one lung is is sticking together. Also, one of my kidneys is swollen. That is from my friend Ken. Now, you would almost say everything's going okay. But Cindy, his wife, gives us 
a fuller picture. She goes, faith is letting go and letting God take the wheel to speak. We have had some real crisis with Ken, and he is far from being out of the woods, and we, we do covet your prayers and petitions on our behalf. Another time she wrote just out there on, the, on social media, too much, please pray harder or something like that. So here's Ken in major health issues of, you know, even losing his life. And the joy that flows from him that he's just, I'm okay. I'm good with Jesus. And even the picture, he's still smiling, even though he's got tubes and everything coming from him. He's still not out of the woods. So keep praying for Ken and the family. But sustaining joy flows out of him. How is that possible? How do we hold on? How does Ken do that? How does John, the disciple, have that sustaining joy? And I want us to look at Revelation 21 and give us some guidelines, give us some tools, if you will. How do we hold on to this joy that comes from Jesus to us? That you too, in the challenges you have, may have a sustaining joy that flows out of you. And I'm not talking optimist or pessimist. I'm talking about a supernatural work that Jesus does in our lives. So Revelation 21, verses 1 to 8, follow along in your Bible. But first, I'll give you some background. The author is John. John, we, I'm, I'm going to give you sort of a picture of John, uh, from his history and so forth. But John is a lover of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. He loves Jesus. He has influence. He's a leader in the church. And uh, things are going well. You know, he's respected. And, but there are things that are going on. There is some persecution going on. In specific, historians will say that the emperor was built a statue and he was calling everybody to worship him. And you know, a lover of Jesus, you are not going to encourage people to worship a statue. You want them to worship Jesus. And uh, out of that, and being the leader he was and the influencer, uh, he was sent on a vacation. Uh, some would say uh, sent to almost a prison. Uh, but he, went, he was at this island, Patmos which is a very small island. I think today there's like 3,000 people there that live there. It was a volcano, volcanic, volcano island. Uh, and uh, that's where he was sent. And he writes this in Revelation 1, verse 9. Gives you a picture, okay? He's under persecution. He is on an island. Things are not the way you would say is a normal life. Uh, the challenges are there. He goes, I, John, your brother and partner in tribulation. Okay? Partner in the tribulation and in the kingdom. And then he says, in this patient endurance. Patience already means long-suffering. So he's in this patient endurance as we, uh, that are in Jesus. So we're in Jesus. This is what happens. So if you are a follower of Jesus, Things are different. If you are just checking in today and you're wondering what a Christian is, this is what 
God puts on those that are followers of Christ gives us this joy that he can write. I was on the island called Patmos on the account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was proclaiming Jesus and that didn't go so well, but he says it so nicely, so calmly, like this guy has this sustaining joy in his life. So he is on this island and then we come to God is showing him something in a vision. And that's where we want to look today. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth passed away, and there was no longer a sea. The world as we knew it was going to be no more. And I saw a holy city in the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, from God. And I think that is a key issue. It is God who is providing this new world to live in. And he's going to describe it to us. This new world that is so amazing, okay? And it just it, it's exciting to hear about this new world that is coming. And he he describes it right off the bat. You know, it's like when the bride is coming down the aisle in all her beauty, you know, for her husband. She says, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Everything is there. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Now take a moment. I want you to Think about all of what God just said. Turn your eyes off the pain, the troubles that you're experiencing. God is promising this new heaven and new earth. This, this, this earth that will never be like what we are in today. And then he says this, verse 4. God... God will wipe away every tear from your eye. Your pain, you know, what's going through, he's going to wipe that tear away. God himself. And there will be no more death and mourning or crying of pain. The old order of things has passed away. Oh, what glorious day that's going to be. And he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he says, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And in verse 6 he says, he said to me, it is done. It is done. There, it's not like, oh, I'm going to think about doing this. No, this is done. It is completed. This will happen. And when God says it was done, it is going to happen. He goes on to say, To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of water of life. Salvation, eternal life. And those who are victorious, it's like, stay with me. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I'll be their God, and they will be my children. Sustaining joy, knowing God has a plan. 
but to the cowardly, the unbelieving. This is, this is for those now. If you are a follower of Christ, this is what he's encouraging you to do. If you are one that's saying, I don't think I want to follow Jesus, this is the harsh reality. But to the cowardly, unbelieving, the vile, murderous, and sexual immoral, immoral, those who practice magic arts, the adulterers, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Sulfur. So note, first of all, we have a choice to make. Okay, if you've never made this choice uh, of following Jesus, you've already made a choice. You're on the other side. But you can make a choice to say, I choose Jesus. And I'll talk a bit more of that. But it's, it's a step that each one of us has to make to follow Jesus. Which way are you going to go? If you are a follower of Jesus, this new heaven and new earth, this is a future that we can look forward to. It is, it's what gives us sustaining joy knowing I'm going to be better. It's going to be better. Right now, we are in a fallen world. And often I tell people, and you probably have you've talked to me, and I'll say life isn't fair. We're in a fall. It is not fair. But one day, if we hang in there with patient endurance, long-suffering endurance, God says, I got a plan. Hold on. How do we hold on to this joy? How can it, how do we sustain ourselves when things get so unrattled? When you think of the, the pandemic and we can't do church the way we used to. And some of you struggle so hard with this. It is such a battle. And I want to encourage you today with sustaining joy. And I'm going to give you some handles on how to handle this. <laughs> handles on how to handle. Whatever. Keep in mind, God wants to build into you. And this is where I do believe sustaining joy comes out of our relationship with Christ. But I do know there's some foundational steps that we need to hold on to. It's like if you want this joy that I'm talking about that just comes through us, like my friend Ken, that can keep smiling even though he's going through some horrible stuff. Or John, who can just say, hey, partners in the tribulation. You know, we who are in patient endurance with Jesus, look to what God is going to give us. It is done. One of those handles is knowing personally this God that is in control slash a God that is all-powerful. Listen to his words. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That is only targeted to God Almighty. Only God has that title. I am the beginning and the end, in verse 6. There is no one greater. God gives this title of Alpha and Omega almost as the, the stamp saying, I will do what I say I do. He is all-powerful. It's a pledge to what's going to happen. He's like showing John and telling John, this is trustworthy and true. 
This will take place. It is done. I said it. It will happen. God is a faithful God. See, it really comes down to your definition, your belief in the big word sovereignty of God. I am one that I hold very strong to the sovereignty of God. I believe in free choice and making, you know, we have that process, but I believe strongly in the sovereignty of God. And the verse that echoes that so strongly and I hold to is Colossians 1, 16 to 17. For by him all things were created, all-powerful, he created it, in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Do you hold to this sovereignty of God that is all-powerful, that he is still on the throne no matter what happens around the world, in this fallen world, he doesn't sleep or slumber. It doesn't like, oh, that slipped by me. You know, he hasn't forgotten. Uh, I put here, he is sovereign over the whole world. Everything that happens is, he is in it. He never is helpless. He's never frustrated. He is never at loss on what to do. God is all powerful. And if you hold to that sovereignty of God that he is all-powerful, that you can entrust your life to him, that sustaining joy will flow from you. I believe that strongly. John was told, write it down. It's trustworthy. It is done. What God says, he will do. So I encourage you to seek after God. Seek after knowing who he is. Passionately driven, not driven necessarily, but just, it just moves you to say, I want to know more of who Jesus is. That hunger for him, that will give you sustaining joy. There's a second part, though, that I do believe we need to add to this, and that's personally cherishing what he says about you. So really what you're looking at, God is all-powerful, God is all-loving. So you cherish what he says about you. It's sort of like when you're dating and someone says something like, you cherish the words they have spoken to you. Cherish the words that Jesus says about you. That I love you. I care about you. To me, that is the strength that just, no matter what's going on, it's like, oh, she loves me. No matter what's going on in your life, the joy of the Lord is there because he loves me. He says in verse 6, to the thirsty, I'll give water without cost from the spring of water of life. I'm going to let it flow from you. You will thirst no more. God is promising us this. And I just cherish how much he loves you. 
In John 4.14, he says similar, but whoever drinks of this water, I will give him. I will ne- he will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him, it will become in him a fount of water springing up to eternal life. The joy comes from Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. We look for joy in different places. We try over here saying, this is going to hold joy. We try over here, this is going to hold joy. Jesus is the one that gives us that sustaining joy. So we just stay in that moment of cherishing just how much he loves you. That he is all-powerful. He's all-loving. He loves you. For God so loved the world, you can put your name in there, that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Ken, looking at his health and where he's at, he holds on to this sustaining joy that comes through even in a smile in his frailty of his health. The joy of the Lord. He knows he is loved by his Savior. Another passage of Scripture, uh, 1 John 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And that's what Revelation 21 talks about. It's for this new heaven and new earth is for his children. And so we are. The reason the world does not know us, it does not know him. Beloved, in verse 2, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been, it hasn't appeared. Oh, but when, but we know when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. It's knowing how much he loves me that he, he walks with me every day. He walks with me and talks with me and tells me I am his own from an old hymn. See, but we need to surrender. We need to come to this place of accepting, God, I know you are all powerful. I trust you. God, I know you are all loving and I trust my life with you. Really, you come to know who God is, and whose you are. That is the sustaining joy that we come to. Now granted, there are times when we get into a depressed state. And sometimes, for many of you, it can be overpowering and this this shadow that overfills you. And all I would encourage you in, in these moments that those hit, acknowledge the truth, not the feeling, acknowledge the truth. And acknowledge saying, God, I know you are all-powerful. You are still on the throne. God, I know you are all-loving. And you love me graciously and amazingly. It's the truth we hold to. By faith. Everything we do is by faith. I know God loves me. I know God is all-powerful. Therefore, my life changes. If you are a convert to some religious practice of coming to church you will not experience this. You say, well, I've just changed from doing this to doing this. But if you are 
a follower of Christ. It is the transforming power of Christ as I trust him, as I surrender my life to him. That is the most amazing transformation that God does. You will start noticing this joy that flows from the innermost being. Even though there's the waves all up here and the storms, that deep joy undercurrent flows, even though the waves on the top are pretty rough, white caps even, down below that water this joy that just holds us, this sustaining joy that I know God is all-powerful. I know God loves me and cares for me. So we, I should give you the third point that we need to hold on to, these handles, that we personally know God is all-powerful and we cherish the love that God gives us, that he is all-loving. Then there's living for the future, in the present living for the future in the present so give you some maybe not so great example but an example of living for the future in the present that joy that overflows my my son and daughter-in-law and their kids they they're building a new home so they sold their old one they're living with the my, my, the in-laws in a smaller home as a family they crushed into one house uh, uh, squished into one house and they're doing life and they're enjoying life though they've given up a lot of privileges a lot of their freedom of having your own home you have to share it you're sharing somebody else's home but they live in anticipation my son who goes to work building houses and then after work, goes to the property and continues build, pouring the foundation and building up this house. That sustaining joy of knowing one day we're going to be in this home. We live that way, even though we're suffering. Like when I would go to a doctor, and I don't go to the doctors often, but I go to the doctor, just tell me it will go away, and I'm good. I can handle the suffering if I know it will go. And what the book of Revelation is telling us it's going to go away. We're going to have to suffer. We're going to have to have patient endurance, long-suffering endurance. But oh, the joy that awaits us in this new heaven and new earth where God is there. Jesus is our shepherd, our care person. He is all we need. All-powerful all loving, and he has a plan for me. He has a plan for you, a future for me. We may lose some freedom right now. We may be in some pain right now, some heartache, some sorrow. But no, one day, he is going to wipe away that tears from your eyes. There will be no more death. The mourning or crying, the pain is going to be gone. The old order of things has passed away. It will be like nothing you've ever experienced. There will be. And it's interesting that he uses all negative. He says the negative is going to be removed. Isn't that something to live for? 
He will swallow up death, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people will be taken away from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. Isaiah 25, verse 8. In Revelation, he says the same. For the Lamb is in the midst of the throne, will be their shepherd. That picture of caring, loving, being there, that provider. He will guide them in the springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We can live in this sustaining joy, this supernatural joy that Jesus gives us when we stay in this relationship with him, that we actually are pursuing to know just how much God is in control. He is sovereign, that so much God loves you. Even in this moment of struggle, I love you, and it's going to get better. There is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Let me give you another example of Maybe a poor example of in the hockey. Okay, I was watching the Canucks while they were still going there for a while, and they were, I think they were playing the Knights, and I'm like, wow, they lost so badly one night. I'm like, I'm not going to watch it the next night. I mean, it was, yeah, it's over. The Knights were overpowering them. There was no way these guys could do it. And I don't know if this was the fifth game. Uh, I'm not sure. And then the next night, my watch kept going off. The Canucks scored. Canucks scored. The Canucks scored. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? So uh, I started watching this, the game from the beginning. And, you know, watching sports, you who watch sports, you know how you could be on the edge of your seat say, oh, oh, you know, and I would see the Knights overpower them, you know, take the puck and they're heading for the Canucks goal, and I'm good. I know they're not going to score because I already know the ending. And I would watch it back and forth and sustaining joy throughout the whole game because I knew who wins in the end. People, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a lover of Jesus and you are walking with him, this sustaining joy, even in the worst scenarios of life, I know the end. And Jesus wins. I know what life will be. This new heaven and new earth. That we, it's a sustaining joy that God gives us when we know he is all powerful. That he is all loving. And he has a future planned out for us. And I can say I have not gone through major endurance and pain and suffering. Some of you really have. And life has been very hard for you. May I encourage you today. Go back to look in the word of God and say, God, I need to know your sustaining power. And I need to trust that. Jesus, I need to know just how much you love me. Can you just reveal that to me? And come to that place. I want that sustaining joy. I want to know my future is in your hands and I'm doubting right now. I'm questioning it. And go back to his word. Pursue Jesus and he will show you. He will grant you saying, God, give me that sustaining joy that comes from you 
That other picture is from John 15, when Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And some of you, you've been separated and trying to grow on your own, saying, I'll just, I'll do my church stuff. And COVID has caused a challenge to you because, hey, I can't just go to church and do my religious duty. And I'm missing something. Something is empty. My soul is hurting. Come to this place of acknowledging God's sovereignty, that he is all-powerful. Come to this place of knowing, without a shadow of doubt, God is all-loving. He has a plan, and it is done. We can trust Jesus. If you've never done that, take the step today to say, Jesus, I trust you that you died for my sins, that I could be forgiven. And I accept that gift. And you promised me just as you rose from the dead, you have given me new life, that I am now a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. And I am living in you. And I want to walk with you every day. Come, fill me with your spirit and put a hunger in my heart for knowing you. And that joy will increase as you walk close to him even in the battles. And that's why I share the story of Ken. His joy, that sustaining joy that holds him as the family and friends and church is praying for him. God is faithful. You can trust him even in the pain and sorrow. As John just writes and says, hey, us in tribulation, those that are joining in this patient endurance because of the gospel of Jesus. Put your hope in him, as we've talked about a few Sundays ago. Will you cry out to him? Will you surrender your life to him today? An old song, let me give you those words of this song. Uh, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Will you do that today? Father, we have put our eyes on so many things. We put our eyes on our own pain and situations, our heartaches. And it's hard to see you being in control and even in this pandemic but we trust you that you are the God that is all-powerful, that has continued throughout history having your hand upon specifically your children. And you have been faithful and true and in your pouring out your love to even to die in my place that I could be forgiven. And that you have a plan, a future that will be where there is no more tears and pain. And Lord, I pray right now as we join together to pray for cancer. Lord, we pray for that miracle as I pray for others. Would you touch as he testifies to your mercy and grace. May you bring healing to his body. And for others that are feeling that pain, those struggles, would you give them the sustaining joy as they cry out to you. We ask for the God that heals but in all these things that we would bring glory and honor to you, that people would see how mighty you are, even in this fallen world. 
And we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's continue to trust him and walk with him these days.